Tonight, Arsenal come down like a jumbo jet screaming out the sky as we get butt-fucked by Liverpool away from home. Toby and I swear vigorously into the microphone and then invite our friends from Guns and Yellow Ribbons to join us to do the same. All this and more on this, another Art Brothers Rankcast. Welcome to this, a depressing Ask Brothers Rantcast. That's it, listeners. As expected, we've been done. And we've been done badly. And it feels nasty and dirty and horrible. Toby, has it ruined your Christmas, mate? Yes. I had to pause and think, but well and truly. How, um... How low did you feel today? You had like seven shades of shit knocked out of you. Yeah, I, I, I put up in one of the fan groups. I actually felt like I'd had the piss kicked out of me. Like yeah. I, I, I felt, I felt bludgeoned. I maybe like a lot of the fan base. I, I thought that this type of ass whooping was. In the past. A, a, in the past, a, a symptom of a structure that, you know, of a bygone era, a structure that didn't exist anymore, you know, and that, I mean, like what a lot of people thought was that, you know, we had this manager or we have this manager who would be able to steer the ship through, you know, these these bumpy waters, but... Uh, it was not to be, Toby, and it was. It was. I don't know whether it was the same for you. It was almost surreal for me, like it, like it was. It was going on around me. It wasn't really, wasn't really happening in in real time. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm a bit of a perennial optimist in a way. Like, you know, I, I sit there hoping for miracles until, until the time comes when you know you'd be an idiot to to keep hoping. Um, so I was still very much fingers crossed type of mentality right in, up until until what know. point? Ah, uh, the fourth goal. I think that's what that's what killed me. Was that the second? Was that the second pen? Or was that the first pen? Fourth goal was the first pen. Fifth yeah. goal was the second pen. Yeah, both were fucking retarded. I yeah. But you know what, listeners? Toby and I had a conversation. It's very rare that we actually have a conversation before recording a podcast but we had a conversation today and we came to this conclusion no one wants to listen to us crying to our beers and the microphones for the next hour talking about how shit we are so we're going to reach our hands down our pants we're going to grab our big boy testicles and we're going to pull on them hard and we're going to come up with some amount of, of positives or positive outlook or or who's that guy? The guy who's all about positivity. He he makes talks about being positive. Anthony Rob Robbins. Anthony, do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. Be your What's, best self, Max. Be, that's what we're going to be, right? We're going to be our best selves on this podcast because I kind of feel that by the time people come around to listening to the Ars Brothers, they will have been bombarded with so much negativity and so much crap that maybe they're not going to be able to handle anymore. So, Tobes, I think this is how we're going to do it. Let's have a very quick chat, you and I, about the formation, the setup, and where we think it went wrong. Then let's just move aside from that and start talking about 
what the outcomes of this is going to be and what it means for the, the club. What do you think, mate? You ready to get positive with me? Yes. I, I'm just a positive human being in general, so it should be very easy for me. So, Toby, as fast as we possibly can, because as I said, no one really wants to relive this, but formation. What do you think of the setup? What did you think of the lineup? And I, not what you think about it now, knowing what has transpired, but at the time. What were your feelings about it? I know you had apprehensions coming into the game. I know that we were both of the opinion that we were going to lose this game and lose this game badly. But what were you thinking when you saw that lineup? What was your first reactions? Fear that we'd gone with the back four because I just felt like we were going to be exposed. Surprised that Licksteiner was playing at right back because of the pace and power on the on the counter and then on the press as well from Liverpool. Um, and then also surprised to see Lacazette dropped because I honestly thought there was no other option but to play two up top. Um, my sort of happy surprise, I guess, was seeing Maitland-Niles being backed in a, in a more forward-thinking position. Um, and then I thought, well, maybe this isn't, how it reads on paper, you know, or how Sky Sports or whoever was covering it was um, was portraying it. Maybe it's not such a 4-3-3. Maybe it's a 3-5-2-1. And the two wide players very much, you know, sit back in and, and make sure they're part of the defensive unit as well as going forward. Um, but as we know, that didn't really materialise. Um so, yeah, what were your thoughts? The second I saw Lichsteiner as part of a genuine back four, and I have spoken repeatedly on this podcast as to how much I like Lichsteiner, how much I like his attitude, how important I think he is as a dressing room figure, in your words, as a pseudo-coach. All I thought was money's going to eat this guy for fucking breakfast. That, that, that was just all I could think. Yeah. As for the rest of it, you know, I've made my sentiments pretty clear. I don't like Kalasnak as a left back. I think he leaves gaping, gaping holes behind him. Uh, I mean, in some ways, when I saw Mustafi's name on the paper, I thought even more reason why it should have been a back three because I would have dragged Lichsteiner into that three and I'd have played Lichsteiner on the right. I'd have played uh, Socrates in the centre Mustafi outside of him and put Kalasanak and Maitland Niles wide on the wings and told them well, to push up push up and run. Yep. That, that, and that's that, what I thought it would have been. And and that, that formation would have enabled playing Lacazette up top as well. And as we know, we we play there's so much attacking emphasis through our wing backs that would have actually suited both Kalasanak and then to some degree Maitland Niles. Thirteen touches for Aubameyang. I know he was he was completely isolated. Yeah, if that's not the the newsline of this game, I don't know what is. Thirteen touches. It's called a headline, Max. There was such a disconnection. A what? A headline. headline a newsline. Mate, I'll call it what I want. <laughs> I'll call it what I want. Um, this is the positive podcast. This is this is. We won't be positive to each other because you're a cunt. Yes. So <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I'm sticking with Newsline. So the Newsline here, mate, is the 13 touches to you, banger man. Because yeah. that shows 
either a disconnection between the midfield and the back players. It shows that we were that much on the back foot or it shows we just weren't able to create the chances the way you bang a man wants to have those chances created. Or even the way they was they so kindly handed us possession in the place that we couldn't damage them and then pressed as soon as we could. You know, so they, they shut off those those lines to you. Go back to the last game, Toby. The reason why we won that last game is because we won the energy battle and the midfield battle. Uh Torreira and Xhaka won the battle against Fabinho, Van Alden and Milner. That yeah. wasn't the same personnel this time out, but that team that played them last time had a lot more gas in the tank and, and had a lot more um a lot more quality, a, a lot more quality. You know, that's that's what I was getting at previously and, and, and why I was fearful coming up to this Christmas period because we can see the energy levels dropping and those players who perhaps aren't the highest echelon in terms of their skill very much rely on energy, desire and aggression, particularly in our central midfield. So when that started to wane, and don't forget we've had a manager that's never that's never sailed a ship through you know the the christmas bloody waters to use that connotation you know we game after game after game after game and the ridiculousness of it i think as opposed to that last liverpool game where we out desired them and pressed them and surprised them we just didn't have it you know every single one of their players it felt like was a yard quicker you know, a yard more aggressive and a yard the speed at which a they greater the ball. desire. Yeah, the oh, speed, the every single thing. The ball. Speed uh, of thought as well. I don't well. think that there was a parameter on the pitch that you could say that we weren't outrun, outpaced, outtempoed, outmoved. Except in the first 10 or so minutes no, when they we were a little bit we sloppy. We got drilled in the first five or six minutes. Yeah, but they then got sloppy. Scored, then they got sloppy because they were leaving gaping holes at the back, which Awobi then addressed, ran into, smashes the ball across the face. Great ball. you know. And Mait- Maitland-Niles probably the only player on the pitch other than Aubameyang who has that much of a turn of pace to run onto that and smash it in. But... Outside of that, there was there were very few redeeming features, and the way I saw it was the only the only um, the only things that Arsenal were feeding on were things that Liverpool were feeding us were, were allowing us through their own overcommitting or whatever it might have been. But it was apparent from a couple of minutes in that Mane was going to put his was going to put himself inside of Lichsteiner for the entire game. Um, mm. Look, man, I, I look, the four-one-four-one thing. When I saw the lineup come out I, initially, after I kind of got over the fact that there was a a back four there and I didn't want it, I was like, oh, you know, a three-man midfield is going to sit in front of them, and that's how they're going to protect them, and that's how the wingbacks yeah. are going to get forward. But yeah. then Ramsey didn't end up being. In that position, he ended up being in the in the you know in that four one four one. But Ramsey ended up being very very pushed forward in that, um, playing as the second striker. And you know, 
Well, that's doing where what, I felt... Doing what Ramsey does. He tried to run in between the lines and he got lots of touches. But, you know, if, if I come back to this Aubameyang having 13 touches, to me that says that the guy who was linking the midfield and the striker, as much as he was running around and getting lots of, lots of touches, he, he wasn't feeding Aubameyang or that the ball wasn't getting into those areas or those wide areas at a time when they were able to cut that ball back to the penalty box in the way that Aubameyang likes to run onto it and hit it late. Instead, what was happening more was there were kind of bigger booming crosses coming in, especially from Maitland-Niles, for the sort of thing that you would be expecting a Giroud to run onto or a Welbeck to run onto. And I, I've, I, I haven't watched this game a second time because I just didn't want to. It was hard enough for me to watch it the first time. But I wonder if I watched it the second time, if that would be a construct of what Liverpool were doing in that very cerebral manner to almost kind of say, well, you know, if you want to try and ping a ball from the edge of the area in a big booming ball, we're pretty confident you don't have the players to to rise up and head from the penalty spot. Whereas what we don't want to do is we don't actually want you to allow you to slide the balls inside to get into those wing-back areas where Kalasinak loves to get to, where you can ping the ball back across the face, back in between the lines. And for me, that's just, it's highlighted by this, I just, I've written it down like 20 times, you know, there's 13 touches to Aubameyang. 13 touches for the, for the main goal-scoring threat on the pitch. Wild. All right, Tobe, so I guess let's just tear the Band-Aid on this and let's get it over really fast, okay? Yep. All I think we... Not that anyone really wants to go through this or really listen to us going through this, but for the sake of the podcast, let's go through each goal just quickly. Let's not harp on it too much. And if we can, can we just maybe just have a quick look at it and just point some quick fingers, right? Point some very... Quick fingers, Toby. So Ainsley Maitland-Niles, first goal. We've been through. Great ball from Awobi. Awobi started bright. Maitland-Niles started bright. And I actually thought, I don't mind this so much. Part of what Emery's tried to do, because he's tried to put our hardest running players on the wings. It ends up working out. Nice and athletic. For a moment, we're on easy street. We're starting to look like it's all happening for us. Um... Straight down the other end, I think it's two minutes later, first goal for Liverpool. It's a Firmino tap-in from a deflection. What did you make of it, mate? Just our total lack of game management. So, yeah, we started off a bit nervous, but we fought our way back into the game. You know, we started intercepting further up the pitch, um, making some things happen. There was a good, some really great energy and interplay from players like Awobi and Ramsey creating an overload, you know, on the sides. There was there were some quite good things after the first moments of us pooping our pants, you know, i.e. Leno making, you know, horrible balls under pressurised situations. Yeah, he was he was really, really rough in the first couple of minutes. Yeah, so we'd fought our way back in and 
like we were discussing with the with the personnel with the hard running wingers that we'd selected rather than having the two up top you know we'd we'd kind of fought our way back in but it was almost like a total lack of belief that we surrendered as soon as we'd got in the ascendancy and you know that was what was so hurtful because we we absolutely fucked it up for ourselves again and i feel like every single goal we've conceded in the last two or three games has been by us fucking it up handing an opportunity to the opposition so if if we had have got into their heads and you know kept that lead for you know a 10 or 15 minute period just shut up shop you know done everything right you know had that calmness and defensive leadership from the back but no what did we do we instead of hitting the ball in rosette and getting it the fuck out of there we how do you even describe it licksteiner sort of does a half pass half half clearance half tried to control the ball and just kicks it straight into mustafi and i couldn't believe it i could not believe it fabinho tapping you know, it was just, it was just horrible, wasn't it? You know, and it was, it was so us from our previous era. And, you know, like you alluded to earlier in the show, you know, we thought we were past that. And then what happened after that, Max? Yeah, well, I mean, straight away, we conceded another goal. And for me, the the guy who's most involved in those two goals, uh, everyone's going to point at the centre-backs, and for me it's Torreira. He gets run past by Firmino in the midfield for the first goal, and I know that doesn't directly, like there is a series of things that happen after that, but a fit, not tired, rested Torreira, who hasn't been played to within an inch of his fucking life, doesn't doesn't get run by. Yeah, and for the second one, Torreira gets robbed, and 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 that was the catalyst for that goal. So yeah, we had some embarrassing defending in terms of. Uh, am I confusing Fabinho and no Firmino? Apologies, Firmino sitting three of our defenders on their ass, you know, and in particular Mustafi and Socrates, but Torreira getting. The ball nicked from, was it Mane? You know, that was the catalyst for Uh, that goal. So, Torreira gets run past for the first goal by Firmino. And Torreira gets robbed robbed for the second goal by Firmino. And Firmino just keeps running. So, (laughs) Because there was another instance where Mane just burned him early in that. I've got got ten incidents in the game, Toby, written down where I've written... Torreira's just been run past, yeah. or Torreira's just been done, or Torreira's just been wrong-footed. Well, that you wasn't know, the lion, what, the little lion that we've come to love, but, but we've what, been seeing what, what this. What can he do when he's fucked? Hey, right? when he weren't you and I talking about resting tank? him before the Spurs game, before that, and everyone laughed at us? You know, it's... what our most influential player has been fucked to win within the inch of his within an inch of his life rather and it's that lack of aggression that that's 
that's just killed us. I mean, amongst amongst defensive issues, obviously, but you know that that's a really influential player that's been mismanaged in my mind, over relied on, and he's fucking twenty two as well. So and not we, only that, but a player who has been bailing us out at both ends of the pitch for a couple of weeks. Yeah. So bailing us out yeah. with his energy no, when everyone else's energy has been down, Torreira's energy has been up, and bailing us out with goals. You know, what more can you ask the ask the guy to do? Yeah. So much for our non-negative podcast, Toby. But on the bright side, you know, we've, we're about 20 minutes in and we've almost covered half the goals. So moving on. Just before we move on to that, that third goal, Toby, which really is the nail, because at 2-1 you still felt that maybe, you know, we we had enough mentality and that we still had enough running. And, I mean, it wasn't like we were completely without chances. Maitland-Niles smashed in a couple of nice balls. Ramsey had a couple of, like, like obscure chances, but for Ramsey, you know, half chances. He has done things like that before. Um, yeah, the volley, he got one nicked yeah. from Wijnaldum. But, I mean, I mean, it wasn't all one-way traffic. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was like 95% one-way traffic, but, but we were still in it for a mm. sniff. I think it would be remiss of us not to just quickly talk about Firmino running straight through Socrates and Mustafi. Um, t- tiredness, coming back from injury, not good enough, just shambles shambolic bullshit i thought it was fear because uh, i feel like socrates is a better defender than that you know mustafi has been mustafi is mustafi so i know we i know we're going to cane him later but he's been rushed back from injury you know as well they were heavily exposed from our lack of midfield cover you know with Terrera not used to pinched. the ball transitioning him at at them at that pace with Torreira losing it there that's as well. right that's right Xhaka was nowhere nearby for whatever reason with that you know you would expect him to be reasonably close to Torreira in that in that instance you know and then you've got a player running at full pace you know with your two defenders I don't know I can't help but think that they were just deer in headlights you know to to rush out to go to ground like that both of them it it was calamitous you know what was i reading it would you know really it should have been played with benny hill music you know especially yep. with terrera coming in as well and falling on his ass or sliding in on his yeah stomach, i mean that was that was a, that was amazing <laughs> that was amazing you know to, I, I know he had that lovely dummy, that little faint at the end, but fucking hell, we we have this habit of making teams look amazing, don't we? Torreira had some lovely touches in this game. He whipped in some lovely balls. You know, there were some dead ball situations. But every time he was in a situation where you didn't expect him to get run past, all year he hasn't been run past, he got run past. Mm. You know, he got the ball nicked. It, It just comes down to just straight tiredness. Toby, that's... that's... I I think so. I think so. I I think that's what all of this comes down to. Toby, 31 minutes. Another diagonal ball. It must have been the fucking 4,000th diagonal ball for the day. Another diagonal ball down Lichsteiner's side. Salah runs down 
the outside and just taps the ball in for Mane. The easiest goal you're going to see all year. Lichsteiner done again. Uh, right now, Lichsteiner is basically running up and down the right wing with a Zimmer frame. Every time he goes to make an interception, he's a step behind the Liverpool players. Every time he goes to turn, it's like a jumbo jet. And and the thing that annoyed me so much right after this goal, like right after this goal when it went to 3-1, is the ballsy Emery that I know, maybe even at 2-1, would not have cared that it was 20 minutes into the game or 25 minutes into the game. The ballsy Emery that I know that a couple of weeks ago we did a podcast where we called him Giant Donkey Cock Balls, would have recognised that he was getting put on a platter, he was getting absolutely carved up, and would have changed that system. Right then, right there. That really upset me when that third goal went in, because my note, about five minutes before that goal, on the 27th minute, was, I don't give a fuck that it's 27 minutes in, bring Lacazette on, move to a back three, push Maitland-Niles into a wing position. Yeah. Yeah, and instead we stepped up diagonal ball, knocking across the face, and just looked like a fucking Sunday league team. Yeah, well, one of the things with us with that diagonal ball is Lichtenstein in particular is seems to be I, I don't know how he was in Italy, but terrible at reading the flight of the ball in terms of defensive headers. You know, and that's why I really thought with. Um, you know, with playing a back three, we could have protected those weaknesses a little bit by having more bodies in that area. I mean, how simple, like, what, a 50, 60-yard ball from Robertson wiping out all of our central defenders who were sort of all in the same space and then having quite a slight... Uh, I'm Not that Salah isn't slight, but quite a slight fullback in Lichsteiner getting drawn in, you know, and... It it just couldn't have been simpler. I mean, it was a beautiful deft touch and layoff by Salah, but fuck me, we make teams look good. So yeah, so that that was that was almost game over at that point, three one. You know, we still live in hope. It's still early on. Yeah, but I mean, at this point, it's three one, and I'm I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure we cooked. At this point, like I'm, I'm, it is the most that I've wanted to slam the laptop lid down, and and just stop watching it. You know, and, and that's big for me because I watch Arsenal rain, hail or shine. But just the way that we were getting done, how easy it was, the fact that Burnley tore us apart with diagonal balls three weeks ago. And then Brighton tore us apart with diagonal balls two weeks ago. And then Liverpool tore us apart with diagonal balls again. It's it's just awful. It was just awful. Just awful. I, and I can't say something. Do something, Toby. Before I... Before I I'm, I'm currently tying a noose. That's how I feel. Well, our positive podcast has gone very well. Yeah, I think um, um, I think Fergus from Guns is going to jump in and have a chat with us in a tick as well and try and lighten the lighten the mood. Well, he is he is one positive motherfucker. I have to say, he is a shining beacon of Arsenal love and positivity. That man. Um, <laughs> I might get. I'll see who's about. 
because you and I are just ready to kill ourselves. No. Moment. Just while yeah. I'm getting them involved, Toby, let's, yeah. uh, if I can, um, run through the two penalties and let's move this aside just as, as fast as we can. So penalty one, Toby, what do you think? Was it a penalty? What led into I, the penalty? I, I, that is the most disappointed I've been in Socrates the entire time he's played for us. I I could see it happening a mile away. You're, you know, you're talking about one of the best divers in the fucking premiership there is. And he's not only kicked him once in the back of the ankle, he's actually kicked him twice. So it was just like, for fuck's sake, you could see it happening a mile away. You yeah, know, and, and you, Salah's a fucking diver as well. So, you know. That, that's what I said. What did, that's what I said. What did, yeah, it was what did you expect absolutely to stupid. And don't forget, we love Socrates for his physicality, but he he has sort of towed that line in a couple of rough matches previously against bottom half teams or bottom quarter teams even. You don't get away with that shit against the top two or three or four. You know, they've got all these divey, cheaty little cunts who are going to eat you for breakfast if you're that stupid. So, yeah, I, I was really disappointed in um in Jared Butler for that one. Really disappointed and, and that was nailing the coffin. You and know, especially if there was any remnants he's, of hope. He's been as well a you know, somewhat of a shining light for us for a period that's right, of time. That's right. And we're crying out for a defensive leader and that wasn't good leadership. That that was a guy who relies on aggression and, and determination and he looked like a bit of a deer in the headlights as well. So who's leading this team? You know, I never thought I would miss Per Murdersacker as much as I do right now because we have no one who organises or leads our defence. They're just defending as individuals and then blaming each other. Yeah, and I mean, Mustafi was back to Mustafi's old tricks in this game as well, Toby, charging forward up the pitch. Mm. Putting on stupid tackles, going well, to ground, putting on stupid tackles, sorry, Max, going to ground. His best games are always in the back, back three. No, I know he's, he, well, he's not. He's he's not. He's not a centre back. I don't like, think he's, so. He's not I a centre back in so. the sense of he's a centre back. And no. I didn't want to make this all about. I didn't want to make this all about you know slagging off players and individual players and individual performances. But at the end of the day, we can talk about injuries all we want and all the things that we. We feel like we need to to get off our chests and, and we can have all of the, the embarrassment and we can have all of the excuses that we've set out in front of us. But at the end of the day, you've got two guys who are well-played, world-class centre-backs who have got run straight over. You've got you know a wide-back in Kalasanak who makes it... A, at the end of the day, he pushes Lovren in the back. Everyone can jump up and down and shout and scream all they want about that it's a dive or that Salah's is a dive. But you touch Salah three times in the box, he went down, it's a penalty, shut up. You put a hip and shoulder into the back of Lovren while the ball was flying in, is what it is. Yep. And the only thing I can say to that, if if that's a pen, Lacazette getting kicked in the ankle by Nathaniel Client, that should have been a pen too. But whatever. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. We we lost ourselves and we deserve to get fisted and we did. We we can't we can't allow those moments in the game to dictate how we lost. 
No, we can't. You know, absolutely the, no. The You're reason, absolutely the, right. The reason why we lost is because the system was wrong for the personnel. The energy levels were low. And I put out a tweet, and we've got a couple of the boys logging in now. We've got um, we've got Fergus, and it looks like Scunny Mike as well from Guns and Yellow Ribbons, who are going to be joining us in a couple of minutes. Um, but you know, I just keep losing my train of thought through rage. But I just wonder whether or not one of the reasons why those guys played so badly today is because as we're saying and as we're thinking, this is a game that they're going to lose. This is a game that they're not ready for. This is a game where if we're thinking as fans that we're going to get a pasting here, surely as players they must be thinking, we're going to get a pasting here as well. And I just felt like maybe that was the attitude they took into the game that, you know, well, we're going to get done here, so so fuck it, you know? Yeah, I, I don't think so. I, I don't think professional sportsmen think like that. I think there's a bit more fight in that mindset than than what you just described, you know? And, and we know it's there with our team. We've seen it. We've seen it in big games. You know, we've seen it in the Liverpool game at home. We've seen it in the Spurs game at home. We've done some amazing shit this year, so let's not forget that. This is a case of injuries and mismanagement of squad. They are the two major factors. We were fatigued, we were fucked, and we were lacking personnel. And we came up against a red-hot team. So, it's bad, and it was a fucking shit performance, but... You know, there's there's somewhat mitigating circumstances for why it panned out this way, in my opinion. Scunny Mike, welcome to the Ars Brothers, mate. How are you? I'm all right. Thanks for inviting me. We've basically been borderline suicidal for the first 25 minutes of the podcast after making a pact that we weren't going to be suicidal and that no one wanted to listen to us cry into the microphone and <laughs> complain about how awful we were. So I thought I'd throw it out to you boys, our English counterparts, our friends from Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Scunny, how did you find it? I mean, I know well, how you found I'm probably it. The, I'm probably the last fucking... person uh, to say not suicidal to. <laughs> well, Scunny, how about I, I do it this way? I just put this question to Toby. I put the same question to you. Do you think that just as fans, just as like us fans went into this game thinking we were going to get a pasting, do you think that the players thought that they were going to get a pasting and that was reflected in the fear that they showed, the indecisiveness that they showed, the amateurness that they showed in defending? Well, uh, well, in all fairness, I, I sort of predicted we was going to get a pasting myself. Uh, on, I said on the Guns and Yellow Ribbons podcast, it, we're going to lose and we're probably going to lose big, which it turned out we did. I just, I think I was more hoping that I would see a bit more fight from him, especially since when we played him at home, they were up for it, and we just didn't we didn't show that this time. It was just it was just like, oh, here, take it. I don't want it. Let, give me. I'll, I'll let you have the ball. You do what you want with it. And then, oh, oh, it was tragic. I thought, I thought really that that was, was most highlighted, Mike, in the Mustafi. Socrates non-tackles of Firmino. Exactly what you just said. It was like you yeah. do it. No, you do it, you know. And in the end, fucking no one did it. No and, one. Did and it, the man. midfield boys and the midfield. 
No, no mm. one, no one wanted to know, did do? Which is, it's a shame. It really is. You'd think you'd want to go there and, you know, just give it your all. You know, I mean, you've got nothing to lose. You have nothing inspired. to lose. Let's face it, we had not have nothing to lose. You know, what I mean, we can only gain from it. Especially Everyone's if everyone already gonna thinks you're going to lose. Anyway. Everyone thinks yeah, exactly. you're going to lose. Everyone predicted it. No it's one a, could uh, see us. Sorry. I was going to say, no, no one can no. see us coming out of Anfield and coming away with a win. So, well, go there, there were pl- perform, there were plenty, give it your all. If you're going to lose, you're going to lose. Arsenal fans who did. Mike, but what, what about a fighting draw? Or, you know, well, a, fight, a fighting loss by one goal? That's that's what we that's what we could have expected. And, and that's what hurt so much. I think that's what that's what Scunny is alluding yeah. to, or was alluding yeah, yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like we, when we played them at the Emirates. We went, you know what I mean, everyone right. expected us to lose, everyone we expected did. us to get an arse we racing. Did. We right. didn't, did we? We went and there, they went all guns blazing, they actually yep. went for it. Yep, and that's why we were on cloud nine. It was a one-all draw. We were talking like we just won the league, you know. It was because we finally saw that fight and desire, you know. We don't want to get too intangible with what we were with what we desire but you know we just want that fight and and we got a we got an unbelievable pussy ass performance from what the majority of the personnel on our pitch so the majority of the personnel on our pitch so yeah it didn't even get that so that that's the that's the major disappointment yeah it was for me and it's just the back line, especially, you know, I mean, everyone's been criticising the back line recently because we've had so many injuries, but we finally get Mustafi back in some respects. I'm not his biggest fan by a long way. And but it, Scunny, it what, what, me what happened yesterday. What, what do you reckon about protecting those guys by having a three, which can turn into a five? Would that have Should mitigated have some of that? Well, I think, mean, in all fairness, a lot of the time it plays as a three. Um, yeah, yeah, because yeah, I mean, Torreya normally drops. sits back a lot of the time, but he's been pushing forward lately, and he had a fucking stinker. Yeah, a, that, that was his worst stinker. game was, I've seen. He was he was fucked from the first kick. My first five notes said Torreira's done, and this is why Toby and I were jumping up and down. We we put it out in the Arsenal fans form. Toby put it out in the Arsenal fans form the week before the Spurs game, and he said, "I want to rest everyone." Everyone, I think I can't remember that it was you and me on the pod, or me and one of the other boys on the Guns and Yellow Ribbons pod, who were all saying, "Play the kids, just play the kids, you know, rest everyone because we've got this run of games coming." And it's almost been, you know, a, a self-fulfilling prophecy. At the end, is that we've not only have we run out of personnel, but we've run out of steam. And the hardest thing for me to deal with today was we seem to have run out of ideas, attacking ideas, patterns, and Liverpool were putting on these intricate pattern plays, fast-moving tempo triangles. And I was watching and I was thinking, isn't that more what we associate with Arsenal football, the way they're playing today? And we don't, we don't have that, that, that audacious flick. This was further, we were already fucked by this stage, but that audacious flick from Salah onto the on-rushing, was it Fabinho? Yeah. You know, it's that type of clever interplay that that used to be us. You know, now we're dreaming of that shit. We especially don't have it from our wide players anymore. You know, I, I think we've gone more of a more of a conservative approach, which is which is kind of good because I feel that that's what we've needed. But in terms of personnel, you know, we're starting to to be kind of cut adrift somewhat. Have we have we not been cut adrift 
as in personnel, like did we not think we were cut adrift at the start of the season? Because that seems to be the, the general consensus of the Arsenal fans right now. I mean, there seem to be two camps. Excessive over-the-top positivity because people have been uh, upset or hurt by the last the last probably five years of, of venomous Arsenal backlash. And then you've got this other camp who are, who are just have gone dire, who have gone completely suicidal. But that other camp who have gone dire and suicidal, of, of which I feel like I'm I'm one today, their, their main preface for that is to say, these issues were here before we were tired, these issues were here before we were undermanned, these issues were here at the start of the season. And that big long run, and that big long run, and all those podcasts we had where we would say, oh, we didn't play well today, or we got away with it, or we got away with the own goal at at Bournemouth or whatever it might be, you know, that it's all just coming to fruition. Scunny, are you in Camp A or are you in Camp B? I tend to be a bit more realistic. Yeah, I think the, the thing is for me, especially with Arsenal at the moment, and it, it's been going on for the last couple of seasons, we seem to have no depth to the squad in that sort of terms to freshen things up you know, especially like in substitutions and stuff like that, or um, like you was on about earlier, Toby, you know, resting players. We've got no one really that could replace, you know, I mean, them players on the on the pitch. It's That's the problem mm. that we've got. And Yeah. yeah. I, I think with regards to a lot of people, which I have seen on a load of different forums, having a bit of a dig at Emery on this one, I think they can go fuck themselves and yep. just think what he inherited. No, for sure, couldn't agree more. You know I mean, he had a. You know I mean, it was it was quite a it was a difficult job when he first come into it. So, boys, we've is, just been you know, joined. The problem is got. We've just been joined by some very prestigious company, listeners. Just get ready because we've got a very angry black Hulk about to join us. His name's Manny, and he's in the room. <laughs> Manny, you there, this is mate? Be good. You're on Ask Brothers. You can say cunt as much as you want. Uh, first things first, how you doing, boys? Mate, we're, we're fucking suicidal, Manny. How are you? I'm raging over here. <laughs> raging? I'm raging. I'm raging. I've got a splitting headache from, from this bullshit. I'm raging. I really am. All right, Manny, I introduced everyone with a question who's come into the room today. And my question to you, the same as I asked the other boys, yeah. is do you think that the attitude that the fans took into this match was the same attitude that the players took in, that we expected them to get a pasting? Do you think that they expected to get a pasting and that's why they got the pasting? Oh, yeah. 100%. I think the attitude was, was wrong. I think like they, they played like a bunch of cowards. It's just that simple. They played like cowards. They played like they've never played with each other before. It was it was embarrassing. I was embarrassed just just sitting here and watching how easy Liverpool scored. We make it so easy for teams to score against us. These players they looked defeated before they even got on that field. I looked at, you know, the body language of the players. I looked at Ramsey standing there. I can't stand the kid. I looked at him standing there as we were walking out and he looked like a bag of nerves. And that just set the tone for that whole performance. Uh, 
I'm embarrassed right now, bros. I'm embarrassed. It, ugh. I don't know. And now I've got every single cunt Liverpool fan oh. on the fucking planet sending me a message. Likewise. Likewise. It was like, oh, great result, you fucking pricks. I really, you know what? I don't mind as much Liverpool winning the title, but their fans, I would just love to just chin one of them right now. I was like, they are, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Do you know what, right? Because I'm, I'm from north of England and there's a lot of Liverpool and Man U supporters up where I am. And the worst thing we get every fucking year from Liverpool fans is, it's going to be our year, it's going to be our year. I've had that for about fucking ten years and it's doing my head in more than anything this year. <laughs> Would we prefer them to have it than City, though? Just for a change of the status quo? Do you know what? I'm, I don't know, actually, to be fair. I, I, there's not many very many uh, City fans around here. So mm. you don't get as much shit from him. I do know a City fan, and he's you know what I mean he's all right. He's quite level headed to be fair. He's he's a good friend of mine, and um, he, yeah, he never I, really I guess, gives anyone I guess any we shit. Are a little so, bit removed. Well, if it was from a Man U fan or a Liverpool fan, you're never going to hear the end of it. No, that's right, and we're we're a little bit removed from that tribalism down here anyway. So we can be a little uh, bit more. Yeah, you're lucky you don't live in North of England. <laughs> <laughs> Look, boys, both clubs are full of cunts. Right, it's not a lot that we can do about it, but I, I would almost today. I just want to stick my head in the sand. I think Manny said it best. You know, you there is a level of losing that is acceptable where you can walk out of it and you can say, "We lost that game. We lost that game because of A, B, and C." The intangible, the unacceptable, the thing that hurts so much is when you walk out of there and you say you didn't fight or you didn't want it or you embarrassed me. And it, it's that tribalism and it's that having to have every fucking Liverpool fan I know. And out here in Australia, basically, you've got Liverpool and Man U fans. That's what you've got, right? Because they're the generations of people who started watching Premier League football when it became global. There's no City fans out here. There's fuck all Chelsea fans out here because both the clubs, clubs are plastic, Right? But I have every single fucking cunt in the world online right now sending me memes, sending me pictures, sending me all this shit. And like Manny said, I'm going to fucking chin someone. I've had it and I'm embarrassed. And you're a bit of a cunt, so you do deserve <laughs> that because you do give it. People do come after me, Toby. They come after me hard. And I'm such a pleasant, mild-mannered fellow. You sound like it anyway. <laughs> I'll give you that. I'll give you that. You sound like it. I'm, I'm not even on... I'm not even on our social media right now, just because I I just I just can't I just can't I'm I'm ready to just rip someone's head off, because we go into we're going to meltdowns even if we lose a game by the old goal, which which is which is fine. I can't even imagine what it must be like right now. Uh, I imagine every cunt is coming out and pointing fingers at like you know random players and things like that, but we really should be laying the blame on that bald-headed dickhead steve bold one the other coward that ran away to italy gazidas and and oh, i can't <laughs> yes he is a cunt fuck arson wenger all right fuck him I've, I've said this for for years and years and years and i've been told i need to be respectful fuck him because the the bucks for fuck him because the the buck starts with him him old regime over there they were so relaxed with everything, not getting the right players in the right positions, not getting the right coaching for them. And it's just filtered down to, to Emery and he's got to deal with this shit. 
the first thing he needs to do is get rid of fucking Steve Bold because he, that guy can't coach for shit. He Preach. can't coach for shit. Fuck him. How do we have different players, but the issues are still the same? The errors are still the same. There's no cohesion in that back line. There's no communication in that back line. You fuckers all speak German, but you can't communicate. I don't get it. I, I don't get it. Fuck Steve Bold. Fuck Gazidis and fuck Wenger. This is, this is all them. Right? That Wenger stench is still here. I'm pissed. Call him a fucking cunt, man. He is a cunt. Just bite down on the mouth. He yeah. is a cunt. I've wanted that guy gone for eight years. I wanted Wenger gone for eight years. Eight long years. You know how much abuse I took because I wanted him gone. Because I was screaming, right, that this guy's a fraud. He doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Right? I went to the protest in London, got spat at, got people wanting to start fights with me over this prick. Like, fuck him. It still feels like he's still here. Oh, Dude. Are we not going to feel like this, though, guys? I mean, Toby and I bring this up regularly on almost every podcast on the Ars Brothers. At some point, we bring up a comparison to Arsene Wenger or we, we speak about a Wengerian era or we, we talk about how there is a, a, you know, whether there's residual mental issues left over from that regime, whether we should be giving this group, you know, more time to... to to fire themselves into their own path, to walk their own mile. You know, is it just a matter for us now of getting through a couple of transfer windows before we can stop talking about this? Scunny, what do you think on that? Yeah, I'd give it a couple of transfer windows. It's just like Manny said, there's that stink and that stench still lingering around. And I think until Emery is given the chance and the opportunity to try and sort this out. But again, yeah, I agree with Manny as well. Steve Bold, I said it, I've said it for a couple of years now. What, how the fuck is this guy a head coach? Well, he's an assistant head coach now. You know, he was a head coach last year for Wenger. And how is he still there in the defence being that shit? It's, it's mm. unbelievable. Someone's, someone's head's, just, someone's head's got a roll. Yeah, exactly. And it's got to be, it's got to be his. <laughs> Do you it's think it would appease? Do you think it would appease the fans, Manny? Do you think so? It would appease the fans to see a shake-up yeah. in the coaching staff. Do you think that's something that the fans want to see, as far as a a, a, a complete change yeah, yeah. in our in, setup? Everyone gone from the Wenger yeah. era. Every every piece of it gone from the Wenger era. One hundred percent. You know what's funny, right? I think it was Lee Dixon that came out at one point last season, right? And then he was at some Arsenal Q and A. And he was saying how Wenger stopped Steve Bold from having an influence on the defence. And apparently Steve Bold started working with the defence when we went up to City and 1-2-0. And apparently, you know, he saw how well it was going and then Wenger stepped in and, and put a stop to that, right? And like a complete idiot, I was like, you know what, it, it sounds like something Wenger would do, right? Now fast forward and... I'm pretty sure he's working with the defence now. I don't know how much of a role he has, but he did go on Arsenal.com and he was talking about how he was working with the defence and the goalkeeping coach. So he is working with that defence and it shows. Like he's, he's, a, he's completely useless. We need to cut the ties with this dude. Let him go back to Stoke with the other inbreds and let him fuck them up up there. Like leave us alone. Like I know people call him an Arsenal legend. He's not a legend to me. I didn't see him play. Fuck him. Get rid of that cunt. Uh, Toby, on a just while we try and move towards some kind of positivity. You put out a tweet 
I think it was yesterday, and you were um, you were pretty positive about the outcomes that might come about from a loss like this. Uh, do you want to talk us through your ideas there, and and then throw it out to to Scunny and uh, and to the angriest man I've ever met to see what they think about it? Um, yeah, look, what what I was saying in terms of the you know the the positive ramifications from the game is that. Could this actually be the best thing that could happen for us as fans and for Emery? Because now the board slash Cronky have to fucking back him. Because if we don't, there's no papering over the cracks anymore. You know, we've we've been exposed in terms of our our squad depths and the gambles that we've made. Um, even some of the power players. So, you know, maybe this absolute anal fisting that we've had is this actually a positive for our club scunny what do you think yeah i can tend to agree with that um with with the absolute battering that we got yeah it's come i suppose it has if you think in the long in the long run or something like it's probably come at a good time right before a transfer window Mm. um i think as well yeah cronky i've i've said it for a while now, Kronke needs to start putting his hands in his pocket and releasing some of them fucking moths that he's got in there. Because he, he just he needs to start getting out his checkbook. He really does. Well, it's a scary time, isn't Emery. it, Scunny? Because you know we he's been silent, Stan, but he's taken over now. Like he he is it. Do we even have a board anymore making decisions, or is it him? I do believe it's all him now. Uh, since he's taken Usmanov's full shares over. He's a majority shareholder. Um, I think he's got the option to buy the rest of the shares at some point, so he could be the 100% owner. So yeah, it is all down to him to start putting his hand in his fucking pocket. Mm. Mm. Manny, what are your thoughts on it, mate? Guys, how many times have we been the only slag in a room surrounded by 11 guys with 10-inch dongs? Nice. Right, how many times? How when we went nice. up to to, to United? How, got how so? How you. how does this how does this analogy play we out? Went to, we went to United and got fucked eight two. We went to Chelsea, lost six nil. We did. We went to Liverpool, lost five one. We did. We went to City, lost six three. We did. These gangbangs have been happening for years, and Cronky has done fuck all about it. So what's this is not going to make a blind bit of difference. I'm not. I'm not like. I don't expect us to go into the January transfer window and actually make a big statement signing that needs to be made like Liverpool with a Van Dyke. Why? Because we have a man who have an owner who expects be us cool. to. Was um was eight two Cronky's gangbang or was that previously? When did Cronky take over? Uh, I think he was involved then, but I don't think he was a majority shareholder. He was a voyeur. He watched the gangbang <laughs> and he did nothing to fucking stop it. I think he joined in, didn't he? He might have. He might yeah, have. he did. Yeah. He's jerking off in the corner, throwing fucking jizz at cunts. Just saying, yeah. here you go, boys. <laughs> yeah. I won't get out my checkbook, but you can have some spunk. Jizz, please, more like fucking <laughs> dust. Listen, we, we've been we've been <laughs> fucked so many times and nothing has happened. Right, this board just sit on their hands and expect us to spend the money that we that we make ourselves. While you know, um, Raúl and that other idiot—I don't know what his name is. Um, they've come out and said, you know what, well, top four is 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 Emery's remit, pretty much. So how are you expecting Emery to get top mm. four with this bunch of cowards that we've got playing out here? 
If you're not going to back him in the January transfer window, we've had injuries to key players. We've got players who aren't good enough. Right? He needs backing now. But you guys are going to sit on your hands and you're going to expect us to spend money that we earn. Meanwhile, we have a £350,000 a week cunt sitting over there with his bug eyes and his little ailments and whatnot. Wasting our wage package. Just sitting there and just another one stinking out the place. So we've got players on high wages that we can't get rid of. And we have just haven't got the money to do that. It's just that simple. Mm. And Manny, how do you feel about the power play from, do you feel that it's from Emery and it, it has worked out or it hasn't worked out? With what regards to Ozil. And Ozil hasn't been able to step up to being challenged. He's basically buckled under the pressure. He has buckled under the pressure. If you were listening to one of our early podcasts, like in the summer, I said, now that Emery's come in, the weak are going to start to fall. We're going to see who the weak people are. And sure enough, Mesut Ozil yep. was one of them. And I fucking knew it. I've known it for five years. Right. I'm a good reader of people. Yeah. And I've watched Ozil live. And you can see that this guy just doesn't have it. He's got a lot of quality on the ball. But when things get physical, he ducks. He runs. So Emery came out and tested his chin numerous times against yep. Chelsea. Yep. And he came out again after the Bournemouth yep. game. It was all up to Ozil to step up and show him, you know what, I'm up for this. But like, like I expected, and like a lot of people expected, he ducks, he runs, even against Burnley, all of those teams when it gets physical, he runs away. Fuck him, he's weak, he's a coward, like I said, he's not this misunderstood genius, he's an overpaid weakling who we need to get rid of. Fuck Mesut Ozil, fuck him. Ah, fuck him, right, he's Look, a cunt. Toby? Fair, fair play, you know, he, he was challenged, and, and this is what, you know, in a positive note, this is what we love about our new man- manager, is that he's not prepared to suffer for us anymore, you know? We, we, we've had these fair-weather players for so long that can turn it on when the time's right, you know? And those cliches, you know, playing away in the north, you know, cold, windy nights, all that stuff, these guys don't show up. And I thought Emery had, had changed that, but what he's done is he's overplayed our players that actually have balls, mm-hmm. and that's where... That's where, you know, this is kind of like a bridge too far because he's relied on those same guys over and over and over again and the other guys have either dropped out through injury or they've dropped out through not having the minerals for it. Do you know what this club is? It's being married to a supermodel wife who sucks your dick twice a fucking year and the rest of the time you're in the corner jerking yourself off, right? And it's not enough. It's not enough blowjobs a year, Arsenal. You know, we're, we're fans of this club because we want to get our dick sucked every week. Every week, like the kings that we are, that's what we need. And we're not getting it. We're getting teased. We're getting teased. And well, we had it I've twice, had Max. We got good blowies twice. And that was the Liverpool game previously and the Spurs game. And that was fucking incredible. That was the best feeling we've had for a long time as Arsenal fans outside of the FA Cups. You know, so... It was there. I keep coming back to that same point, and I'm sorry if I'm banging that same drum, but it's down to fatigue. We've we've overplayed and we've mismanaged our squad. Mm, can't argue with that. Boys, best player of the game, worst player of the game. Now, Toby and I on the Ask Brothers, we do a thing. I know both you guys are, are avid listeners of us, right? So we do our three two ones and our one two threes, right? We do our three points for the best player, two points, one point. So your three best players of the game and your three 
worst players of the game. Do you guys reckon you're going to be able to knock out a quick 3-2-1-1-2-3 for our listeners? It's going to you go first, mate. So let's start... Let's start oh, with. Walk, let's cheers. start with. Well, uh, what I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> well, break it know. down like I break it down at the Ars Brothers. Scunny, Manny, three points. Your best player for the day. Who was it? And just very quickly, why? Fabinho. That's got to be, got to be a fucking <laughs> Arsenal player, Scunny. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, none of them deserve fucking three points. Fuck them. Got to give it to someone, Scunny. We struggle oh, with this every week. I've got, my, I've got my three and two in mind. Oh, Toby, let me throw it out to you, mate. Who yeah, was your cheers. three points? <laughs> Who was your three points today, Toby, and why? Wobes. Wobes. He, ra- he ran hard. He showed courage beyond his form over the last six, seven, eight plus games. Um, he stepped up considerably. He put in a huge shift, and he showed creativity. You know, it, it was by far. I, I don't even think it's. A, I don't even think it's a hard call. He was by far our, our best player. Scunny, three points. Who did you have, and why? Uh, I was gonna go with Wilby, but I'll go different. I'll go Maitland Niles. Maitland Niles for his three points. Big man, Manny. Who'd you yeah, have? Wilby gets gets my three. Um, same yeah. for me. Same Probably. for me for three points as well, mm-hmm. boys. Well, he ran hard, and he, he was one of the only guys who who seemed to show heart and desire. The one thing I will say is, afterwards when I thought about it, I did think again that Awobi only seems to play well when he's got advancing wingbacks against him, and he can run past them. And I think he really fucking struggles with pack defences because he's got to think, and he gets all Javinio y mm-hmm. So I do think this style of game suits him the same way that this style of game would have suited Welbeck. Mm. You know, big, powerful runners on the break. But I mean, we we but this this, this game should week. suit the Arsenal anyway because we should prefer teams coming at us. We usually struggle against deep lying defensive in defenses in the bottom half. So yeah, positives and negatives. All right, Toby, two points. Who did you have for your two points this week, and why? Maitland Niles. He was um he was pretty silky actually. His movement was better. He was less Bob Marley ish um in his desire, which was really promising. Um had some excellent touches, great finish, ran hard, fucked up less, and really reminded me of a fit Diaby. Mm, Scunny, two points. Who'd yeah, you have, mate? I was gonna go away well beyond this one. Awobi, yep. Yeah, yeah, for, Manny, just for the reasons that have already been pointed out. Manny, who'd you have, yeah, mate? Yeah, um, I think he, he, he took okay. a lot of criticism after Brighton, which was ridiculous from cunts all over the place. But, oh, don't get me yeah. started on that. I had a right fucking ding-dong of them. Did you see that stupid prick who woke, who wrote up, I've finally found a player worse than Bellerin? His name's Ames in Maitland-Niles. Fucking just, I uh, mate, I ripped into him. I was, yeah, I, I saw him, you like, ripped you into him because I think you replied like, on a lot of my fuck? comments. Yeah, I was like, are you fucking stupid? Like, one, we have not missed anyone this year as much as we've missed Bellerin mm. since he's been out of the team. So right. for a start, you're a fucking idiot, just on that fact. I was like, second, the kid's coming back from a broken leg. Third, he's a central midfielder. And fourth, he's played fuck and all. That, so fit, shut yes. up, you're a you're cunt. You're a cunt. Yes. So shut your fucking face. cunt. Fucking cunt. I wish I could have said cunt on the uh, Arsenal fan forum, but we've been banned. <laughs> You're telling me. I want Fergus to really be relaxed about that, because would, that would just rip... Would Fergus have banned you? 
Fergus's Fergus's band camp. It's it's a, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, a it's more of a family sort of forum. It's a wider, it's a a wider reaching. So and he's, he's a nicer human mine, being totally. than us degenerates as well. So. <laughs> yeah, he is definitely a nicer human being than us. Especially <laughs> the the people who listen to us, brothers. Some of the messages we get are just diabolically fucking horrific. It's like a forum where everyone can come and be their most horrible self. Um, boys, I also had Ainsley Maitland-Niles. Obviously, I think there was only really two players on the pitch who, who you could look at today and say, well, they at least ran hard and, and they tried hard. Often on the Ars Brothers, you know, we won't struggle so much with threes and twos, but it tends to be the one that we struggle with. And I had a couple of players this week who I thought might have deserved a one, and neither of them did I really want to give the point to. So I'll kick it off. I gave my one point to Ramsey. What? Yeah. You're fucking mental. What? And I really, I really, really struggled with it, and I, I didn't want to do it, and I, I but do you when feel you dirty? His, yeah, because when you looked at his statistics, he had so many fucking touches in the final third. I think he had three shots on goal, which was, I think, only, I think three shots on goal. The next Arsenal player had one shot on goal. He ran between the lines. I thought he worked his ass off. But then after I did it, I looked back at that statistic. Because the thing is, guys, well, you've got to understand, what Toby and I do is we do our three two ones right at the end of the game. We don't read social media. We don't go on Arsenal fan forum. It's meant to be our immediate reaction. We don't think a lot into it. And we try really hard not to change our minds even after we've read statistics. It's what we saw on the day. And I thought that he worked really hard and, and, and at least tried to be a leader. Do I think everything came off for him? No. And looking at that statistic of Aubameyang having 13 touches, if Ramsey was the connective midfielder, he didn't fucking connect. But boys, shout me down. Call me a cunt. I gave him one point. I think you're buzzing. I think think you're buzzing. I think wherever it is you're smoking or drinking, you need to put that down right away. He was shocking. He was shocking. He spent the majority of the match. It's this new reefer beer, Manny. It's the what? It's this new reefer beer. Listen, They've bought it out in Australia. It's uh, put it down. <laughs> put it down. What what weed weed beer? Yeah. Well, didn't you make weed vodka once, Toby, and fuck us right up? Was it in London? You had all that weed vodka. Weed vodka. That was that you was a long me... that was a yeah, long to, time ago, Max. Used to put all this hash into vodka and then we would drink it and get fucking. That's not how you do with the diabolically that's, that's fucked not how up. You, you mess with hash. Okay, either edibles oh. or in a blunt. I don't know what the hell you're doing. Putting it wasn't vodka. hash. It was it was buds. But anyway, bud vodka. Bud vodka. Toby and I have only ever had two things in common: football and getting fucked up. <laughs> and everything <laughs> else, you're a cunt. Yeah, you're a cunt. I fucking hate you. But yeah. football and getting fucked up, we've got. Listen, when you guys come into London, like you need to shout at me, like I'll, I'll really get you guys fucked up. We, we go. We'll, uh, we'll come Done. and do it. We, we don't need a second Done. invitation. All right. Toby, unlike me being a fucking retard and giving Ramsey one point, who did you have for one point, and why? Look, not that I like you and that I'm going to protect you oh in any way, God. but I actually considered Ramsey for a point because yes. of his quality on the ball. So let me just put that out there. But I didn't choose him because of the lack of connection with the midfield and Lacazette and certainly the lack of defensive connection that he made 
towards the midfield. You know, that formation could have almost been, you know, like a 4-5-1. But it wasn't because Ramsey just did what Ramsey does. And that's whatever the fuck he wants to do. So I actually gave it to Xhaka because he got fired up. He got fucking pissed off at Mustafi. He threw in a couple of hard-ass tackles and he, he tried his best to keep the play Also tried forward. his best to get sent off at one point. I He toes the line and the fact that he didn't get sent off and that he tried to spark some fire in our pussy-ass bunch of fucking pansy players, that's, that's <laughs> why I liked him. I didn't use the F word then. So... Yeah, so I'm going to I'm going to give him a point for that and not because it was exceptional, but we really we're really scraping the barrel here in terms of any positive performances. So one point for Lieutenant Dane. Scunny, who did you have for a point, mate? Oh, I'm I'm going to go all out here. I'm I'm actually going to give my point to Leno. Yeah. Really? Yeah, not yeah, not a bad shot. I shout. went past him. Not a bad shot. But you got to think I've I've said it before and I'll say it again. A goalkeeper is only as good as his defence, and our defence was shocking. The I fact some of his distribution today was terrible. Yeah, was I admit terrible. that it was, uh, but he wasn't the only one. It was absolutely terrible today. Uh, yesterday, sorry. But the f- I think the fact is, that the, you know, what I mean, they had a total of ten shots on target, and I think if if there's anybody else. Especially if we have fucking Flappy Hansky still, all ten of them probably would have fucking gone in. So you know, I called He's to, been drop, good I for called to drop him last week. I called to drop him and bring check in last week. Seriously, you did. You did. Yeah, I, I think. I don't think. I, I think. I, th- I thought. Well. He, I, th- I no. I, I didn't want to do it as much because I thought check was that much of a better keeper. But I felt that Leno was dipping in form, and that for a young keeper, maybe spending a big game out might have have refired him up. I didn't have Leno in positive. You've also got to think of defensive organisation as well. I think I think as well with Leno, I think I think he needed a game like this as well. Uh, you know, I mean a good fucking pasting at him, you know, I mean a good good few shots at him and I think mean, in all fairness, yeah. You know, mm. I mean I know we're letting five but you know, I mean in the in the hindsight and, and overall I think he did all right. He's, you know, I mean, he took it well. I suppose I don't know if he t- took it well, but he took a lot of them shots. He did, he did, he did all right in the second half. No, I think you're right, Scunny. It could have been a lot worse. There was a few fairly decent saves. I mean, none, none that you would expect. None that were like outstanding and worldy. But you know, he definitely stopped it from being, you know, an absolute even more of it. Yeah, I was going to say even more of an embarrassment, but maybe. Maybe like a double fisting rather well, than it wasn't just a, a single. It, it wasn't a gangbang. It was something just slightly less than a gangbang. It, it was, was an like ass raping. Yeah, it was like a buck's do with a 60-year-old prostitute. You know, she wasn't great. She took a lot of dicks. She just couldn't take them all. And she but, took 100 quid out of your pocket. Mm. <laughs> she did. She did. Well, she took 100 quid out of a lot of people's pockets, mate. I'd have hated, <laughs> to, be a tra- I'd have hated to be a travelling fan. Can you imagine actually spending the money to go up there and watch that? You'd be... You'd be livid. Do, do we know? Do we know anyone? Do you know anyone, boys? Uh, I know a couple of people who went. Uh, I was actually going to go, but I'm glad I didn't. But I'm going to the Man City <laughs> game in uh, February. Oh, That's going to be interesting. Manny, luck, Manny, one point. Yeah. Who did you have? Uh, that was a good shot, but I went. I went with with Xhaka. Um, putting, and I don't even like granite Xhaka. Okay, if anyone in no, Manny, to, you don't like I granite. Hate granite. 
I know. I was just about to say, are you sure, man? Are you feeling all right? Are you sure? I'm feeling good. I I can't stand Granit Xhaka. Everyone knows that. I think he's a liability. However, same reason as as Toby. Showed a little bit of something. Got angry with with Mustafi. Showed a a little fight. You know what I mean? So yeah, he get he gets a point just for that. Uh, he didn't have a great game, but just for getting a fucking yellow card, man. Just put just for putting a nasty tackle in. That's it. That's it. And his wonderful sliding tackle yeah. in the lead up to their first goal oh. as well, before we fucked it up the defense because he he actually covered that. It was really dangerous because everyone was standing off, and he slid in and he did that lovely sliding hook tackle. Yeah. You know, and nick the ball, and then you know, then we conspired to royally fuck it up from there. So, yeah, great shout, Manny. Right, boys, I agree with you, mate. Negative, negative points, oh also known as cunts of the week. Right? What we're gonna do? We're gonna do this opposite. So we're gonna start with negative one. We're gonna build to negative three. So Toby, I'm gonna start with you. Who was your negative one? Your third worst player on the pitch for Arsenal. Our negative one for me went to our really tired little lion. He's fucked. He was uh, the catalyst for a lot of our breaks, you know, where we lost possession and conceded because of that. Certainly the first two goals. He uh, He got run past. He got dispossessed. So for me, yeah, for me with um, heavy heart, negative one to Torreira. Is that the first negative point you've given to Torreira this year? Uh, I think it might be, actually. I know I gave him one, was it last week? I gave him a yeah. minus one. When he was sick and he came on with 30 minutes to go because you're a cunt. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, I'm a cunt. It's like when I gave Rob Holding a negative point when he did his ACL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cold. <laughs> well, he wasn't very good before he did his ACL. So and we were, It was one of those cold, games bitch. where we were struggling for negative points. I said it to Toby, said to me, you're a cunt. Yeah, that's cold. <laughs> like, that's cold. That's cold. That was definitely harsh. Scunny, negative one, your third worst player on the pitch. Yeah, I'm going to agree with Toby and go with Torreira. Torreira? Manny, big man, third worst Same. player? He looked he looked tired and overrun. So, yeah, I uh, I gave my negative one also to Lucas Torreira. Boys, so we are, we are all in unison there. Negative two, Toby. Who did you have your second worst player on the pitch? I had Socrates. For mm. my first time, I've given him negative points, I believe. Mm. He was... Uh, just for that one on. error? Just, on. just for that one error, Toby? The the, the big no, one? Did he make no. enough of a cunt the, of himself the, for you to need to give it to The first error... The first... The first error getting sat on his ass and somehow becoming Mustafi in that time. The ridiculous penalty to Salah was just... Like I said, just fucking with He didn't even foul him once. He fouled him twice. It was a dive, yeah. but he was all over the back of him. He kicked like him the, in the ankle twice yeah, against but one of the was, diviest was, motherfuckers going around. And I completely agree with you, right? It, it, it's like Zahar, right? You can't get near him. He's going to go down. And I thought that Socrates was all over the back of him. I just didn't think that there was a a final critical touch that would actually cause Salah to go down. There was probably mm. three minor touches that at any point he could have gone down, but no, Socrates Look, negative I, points, Toby, we'll take it, I f- we'll stick I it in the ledger. Folly, and I also feel that he gets drawn to the ball sometimes as well, you know. I also like, felt he panic cleared a lot today as well. Yep. 
when I, when I would have liked to. It's like sometimes, not every time, sometimes we like seeing someone put it into row Z, but every now and then he just panic cleared and, and hoofed it up the pitch. So I've got it, Toby. It's on the ledger. Cool. Negative two, Jared Butler. This is not Sparta. It's not Sparta. Uh, Scunny, who'd you have for your negative two? Your second worst player on the pitch. Yeah, I was going to say Socrates, but then I just thought, hang on a minute, fucking Ramsey. Do you know what? I'm sick of that dickhead flapping his arms around all the time. <laughs> I can't be fucking half of him. I really can't. Which fucking idiot would have put him in his top three players you. for the game? Which blind fucking <laughs> yeah. moron would have done that? I just get so sick of the fucking arms going up in the air all the time. Do your fucking job. Well, now I feel like a cunt. Manny, you want to wear, you want to rub salt? You want to... First of all, can you just fly over to Australia and remove this knife that Scunny's just dug in between my ribs and my back? <laughs> um, no, I'm going to dig it in a lot deeper. Probably a lot. Don't tell me you're going to. Don't He's going to go negative three, no, 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 I'm going to go. No, no, no. no, no I'm going to go negative two with fucking Aaron Sean the Sheep Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> Send him back to the fucking valleys. Let him go back to, to shearing sheep and fucking him. Get him out. He did absolutely nothing. Flapping his arms about. Trying flicks and tricks as usual. And he was the fucking captain. Get that cunt out of here, man. We're not going to miss him. Good shout on the captain thing. I had forgotten about that in terms of the, the showing the leadership. Mm, a joke. Mm. Well, boys, I had a negative two for our friend, Shokhtaran Mustafi. I thought he was fucking diabolical. All game. He was back to his old tricks. He was marching up the line, trying to slide in. Uh, again, he goes to ground in that Firmino run. Goes to ground with a, a, a nothing challenge. And yes, I know he's coming back from injury, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, he's a professional footballer. He's had German international caps. I think someone put it up the other day. He's the fourth or fifth highest paid player at Arsenal on just over 100k Does that surprise a week. Anyone? Does that surprise anyone? No, but... I mean, come on. No. I mean, those final kind of... A lot of those deals that were done at the end of the Arsene Wenger regime, whether that was Arsene not giving a fuck or control being taken away from Arsene, we won't no, know. That's not it. But I thought Mustafi was... I don't I think Mustafi was pretty diabolical. didn't give a fuck. He was just... It was a warped sense of entitlement and ownership. You need to read the Wenger book. Um... The one that was written by that cunt John Cross. Um, so in the, in one of the early chapters, it, it's all about Wenger wanted to pay his players what they were worth. So in one of the extracts, Lee Dixon went to see you know Wenger, and he, you know he was saying, "Listen, you've given new contracts to Adam and Bold, and and I haven't got a new contract." Yep. So yep. he went and comp- you know yep. Wenger was like, "Listen, I'm going to go and sort it out." And within a few days, he got a new contract. So it was all about playing the, paying the players what they were worth. But he he's a dickhead. What the fuck does he know? I mean, Jenkinson's on 50k a year, fuck a week for fuck's sake. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's that socialist form of you know. I I think. I think, and this is the beauty of Wenger, and I'm going to say this, is that he cared too much. So he's that father figure, and and I honestly feel like that's why, you know, we love the man so much. You know, I know that's... Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Well, Toby and I always say that Arsene Wenger is like our our real dad, and Emery's kind of like our stepdad, right? Now, you know, the the club has, has divorced and we will always love Arsene because he's our real dad, but we kind of hope that Emery buys us new things and, and you know, tries to, tries to win our love and is less of a cunt. Yeah. Hmm. And less of a fuck-up who destroys our lives. 
No comment. <laughs> Toby, negative three. Your Who worst player on the pitch. Do you think? Well, that's what you're here for, Toby. I'm sorry. It's not about what I think. I'm sorry. It's about what you think. Lickstein. Oh, you mean the Zimmer frame? The fucking Zimmer frame. Yep. You know, it's it's not even it's not even just getting up and down the pitch. It's the actual defensive awareness, particularly from headed situations, that's killing me. It's killing me. Oh, it's fucking you know, 50 pence out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> fucking useless. It's... <laughs> Honestly, you know, the diagonal ball's over the top. The, the misreading of the, you know... What's the word I'm looking for? Like, the misleading of the line... Of, of the ball, you the know. The circle of a jumbo jet. Yeah. Look, as we all know, he was never supposed to play this much, but we actually have to take him to maybe question now his signing in the first place because if he was never up to the premiership in the most demanding position there is in terms of physical output, why is he even there? I mean, I, I, love, I love his pseudo-coach and... His, his ballsiness and his leadership and all that, but you can't yell at everyone else on the pitch when you fuck up all the time. That doesn't make for a popular employee. So, anyway, three points. Set the tone for the game, really. Scunny, anyone worse on the pitch for you than Lich Diner today? Yeah, fucking Mustafi. <laughs> I hate that cunt. <laughs> I really do. I fucking hate him. The dickhead gets down more than fucking James Brown. He's a fucking useless bastard. Oh, that's brilliant. So, no, he can fuck right off. If anyone wants to go, Ozil first, then that dickhead. No, I can't fucking stand him. He's, oh, he's I useless. I have never heard Scotty this fucking passionate, mate. I fucking hate that's, Mustafi. That's brilliant. And then, I can't, I and can't then the, be this passionate on Guns and Yellow Ribbons, you see. I've got to try and keep a level head. You have to be, you have to be diplomatic. Oh, this is brilliant. So this is we, great we, for me. I can vent a bit. It's okay. We draw this is... the arsehole out of people. This this is the remit of the rank cast. Yeah, it's, and and just... you, even, you even rhymed in your... <laughs> brilliant. I love it. No, I can't. That's, That's that. it. Oh, God. You need to get me in on more often, then. I can vent a That's bit. That's it, boys. There's always, a space, there's always a space for you to come in and give a Do shit hand of a week. We will bring everyone down, like That's James it. Brown. Yeah. <laughs> he Manny, was, uh, Manny, for you, negative three points. Worst player on the pitch, cunt of the week, oh, goes two. Uh, it was going to be um, the Spartan. Um, I was going to send him back to Spartan to get spanked by Leonidas, because I think he needs it. <laughs> uh... Ginger cunt Mustafi. He he'll keep. He will keep. Lichsteiner gets it. Lichsteiner is my cunt of the week for Brighton and for this game. The second, the third goal, actually, I don't know what the fuck he was doing. Doesn't look around. Doesn't see Salah. Let Salah run off him. Moans and complains. Slow. Defensive awareness all over the place. That head of his. I don't know what the... Listen, I know he was on a free. If they renew his contract, I'm burning that place down. <laughs> Lichsteiner, con of the week. Mate, I think they were... They might have been sitting around a table doing nangs 
when they decided to make that signing. I'm telling you, they just thought, you know what, fuck <laughs> it, it's, it's cheap, and I'm going to let this balloon just compress my brain, and like, you know what, when it came to, fuck it, let's sign this dude. Terrible. Yeah, I mean, the preface is to remove all the oxygen from your brain so you can't make concise decisions. I mean, I once did one and shit my pants, but that's wait, a whole nother wait, story for a whole wait, nother podcast. Yeah, well, I, okay, so what happened was, right, we had a thing, Toby and I smoke a lot of dope, and there was a, there was a, a, a bong that we had, and Toby and I had this ginormous comb piece, and it was called the Destroyer. Right? The Devastator, the, Max. Was it the, the Devastator? Devastator? And it was made of wood, wasn't it? Pretty no. sure it was made you're, of wood. You're, you're, mixing, you're mixing up stories. One of them might have been the Destroyer, one of them might have been the Devastator. Anyway, me and my friend Simon and his bungalow, which we nicknamed the Bungalow, decided that we could rip this cone, and we both did it. And so we had to up the stakes, so my mate Simon said, well, why don't we rip the cone and then do a nang in the same oh breath God. as the cone? Oh, my God. So he did his sitting down, right? <laughs> and had his, and then, then sat down and, like, you know, sort of, did a bit of a Gendouzi and passed out in the chair. And me being me, you know, mouth almighty, gobshite of the week, stood up, had mine, had the thing, passed out, smashed my chin on the table and shit my fucking oh pants. Oh, my God. when I woke up, my mate Simon was having another one. And as he blows it out, he goes, dude, I think you shit yourself. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's fucking brilliant. Hippie crack, Toby. Hippie crack. It's a wild it's thing. Boys, crack, negative... Th- it's not hippie crack. Negative, negative, negative three. It's a nang, Manny. And anyone who's ever spent any time with anyone from Australia, yep. particularly from Queensland, it's a nang. Brisbane. They've always been it, nangs. It, yeah. Yeah. There you go, mate. <laughs> there you go. Where, where nangs are consumed like a, like nice cold beers. Guys, I had Lich Diner for negative three. You've redeemed yourself. Um, he was... After the Ramsey one, he, yeah. He, yeah, yeah, go fuck yourselves. Um, he, was, he, was, he was terrible. He was... The thing that started to upset me about him is the thing that I liked about him, and I was saying I liked about him a few weeks ago, he was getting in everyone's faces and yelling at them, and that's all fair and good. But when you're the one acting like a cunt, I, I would rather see a leader put his hand up and say, I, I've, I've been done there. I mean, and can I just give my actual negative three of the week? Like my, like that's going to be my negative three. That's what's going in the Ars Brothers ledger. But if I had to give a, you know, a, a fake negative three of the week, this week I give the negative three to Emery for rolling out with a back four and for thinking at any point that Mane was going to do anything but ass fuck Lichsteiner. Mane Ooh, ass fuck Lichsteiner so good. hard, so hard. Right, that the game was played 24 hours ago, and Mane's dick is still inside of Lichsteiner right now. He's as from we Senegal, speak. bro. <laughs> it probably is. He's from Senegal. <laughs> Listen, I know a lot of Senegalese. Man. I grew up in Paris, bro. I grew up he around. He comes from Senegal. This cock is four foot and tall. I, <laughs> I grew up a lot around Senegalese, around Malians, around Algerians, or whatever. You don't fuck with the Senegalese, bro. Not only do they have 50 cousins living in the same house, but they will fuck you up in a hot minute. So when you say that money is still in Lynchstander's butt crack, I agree, bro. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And his fucking 50 mates are waiting for that. I'm too. telling you, man. He's got Koulibaly lined up next. I'm telling you. Uh, all right, boys. It's been a long night. It's been a long day. Thank you so much to uh, to Scunny Mike and Manny from Guns and Yellow Ribbons. You guys can follow them on Twitter. They're at 
Guns and Ribbons. They're on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and they're on their website at www.gunsandyellowribbons.com. From Toby and I here at the Ars Brothers, thank you for putting up with this shit. I hope that at some point in listening to this podcast you can find some ray of light. I hope this doesn't destroy your new year. Onwards and upwards. Fuck Arsenal. I think I'm going to start supporting a volleyball team. Guys, good night. Thank you very much. Boys from Guns, good night. Toby, good night. See you guys all next time. Cheers. Bye.